0: A resounding win for former President Donald Trump. The best performance a Republican has ever had in a contested Iowa caucus. Really historic, over 50%, 30-part margin of victory. DeSantis and Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, far behind the president. And I think more than just the president's dominant performance, which gives him momentum going into New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina, Super Tuesday, there was no clear second-place finisher. DeSantis and Haley ended up in a muddled mess. DeSantis a little bit better than Haley, but they didn't break from the pack. The anticipation in the media was that one of those two candidates would break out and be the natural challenger to Donald Trump. That did not happen. When you look at the polling data, Donald Trump fared very, very well on all the different demographics, young, working class, did pretty well with college-educated, now secondary Master degree up and PhDs, not so much. Did okay with women and suburbanites, could use a little bit there more by improvement before general election, but a strong victory across many different sectors. Evangelicals outperformed, I think, everyone's expectations with the evangelical vote in Iowa. It was a resounding victory and the beginning of what could be a historic political comeback. I don't think anyone four years ago could imagine Donald Trump in this position, but there he is, four indictments, two impeachments. Everything that the Democrats could throw at him, and he is on his way, uh, certainly cemented as the front runner of the Republican nomination race and could very well wrap things up quickly. We're going to kick things off today with someone who knows a thing or two about politics, Scott Rasmussen, the great pollster, great political strategist. He's going to join us to explain everything, the ins and outs of Iowa and what comes next. Does he think this race is over? We'll ask him. You'll probably get an answer. He's pretty candid. All right. And then the second part of the show We've talked many times on this show and on the television show, and certainly in the stories on Just the News about all of the challenges to the supply chains that threaten the ability for Americans to get basic medicines, antibiotic, epipens, insulin. It's a real problem, and it's one that is not. While it's been highlighted by the government post pandemic, it's not really been fixed. There's not been a real solution put in hand so that if you're in a crisis, you have a bad snowstorm, bad weather, you're on a trip somewhere. You can't get medicine or, God forbid, we have another pandemic or another episode here in the United States that's more widespread, devastating. You could be left short without your medicines. And that's something that no one wants to be done. Quite frankly, I just experienced this every day. I, I got sick and I needed some antibiotic and I called my doctor on a Thursday like, Psst, I don't think we can see it to next Wednesday. I'm like, that's a week from now. What am I going to do? Well, our second guest today, Dr. Sean Rowland, he has an answer. He founded a new company called JACE Medical, J-A-S-E Medical. They create the JACE case. You talk to a doctor, you get qualified. If you the doctor and the pharmacist feel good, they give you a package. A five prescription antibiotics. that can take care of nearly all of the major things you might encounter over the next few years. You can also add things to the JACE case, that's what it's called, with other medicines like an EpiPen or ivermectin or other things that you might need. I think they have 28 additional medicines that can prescribe in an emergency kit for you. So this is a really cool idea. We highlight problems all the time in the show. It's fun when there's a, a credible solution, JACE Medical is the credible solution. Dr. Shane Rowland is going to explain it to you. And later on, I'll tell you how you can go to jacemedical.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS to get a big discount on your first order if the doctors do qualify you and and prescribe for you the JACE case, the five prescription antibiotics. That's pretty cool. So that's going to be our show today. But I wanted to get the one story I broke this morning, because once again, a story that the Biden White House told us about the Biden family finances, and specifically Hunter Biden, It did not turn out to be true. How many times has that happened? It's becoming not only chronic. It's becoming frustrating, and it's frustrating to Congress. It's frustrating to voters. It's frustrating to all of us in the media because we keep finding out that the White House isn't telling us the truth. What's the latest? Well, the White House told you a couple years ago, don't worry about Hunter Biden's art sales. We have an ethics agreement. It blinds the Biden family from any of the buyers, and it keeps an arm's length distance. Nothing bad can happen from it. Well, the art dealer who sold all that art, a guy named George Burgess, very popular, art gallery dealer and respected all across the world, Berlin, New York, places like that. He said there was no ethics deal. But bigger yet, Joe Biden even know who I was. Why? Because Joe Biden called him once and he met with him at the White House when George Burgess, who was supposed to be blinded from Hunter Biden, had his daughter's wedding there and the, the, granddaughter's wed- the president's granddaughter's wedding reception was at the White House, George Burgess gets FaceTime with President Biden, just like the owners of Burisma or the executives of Burisma did and the Ro- Romanian and Kazakhstan and other oligarchs, the Russian oligarch. They all got these FaceTimes, right? So uh, not only was the ethics deal a sham, it didn't exist, Joe Biden, as president, not in his vice presidential years now, as president, was involved in dealing with this art dealer, calling him out of the blue on his cell phone, meeting with him at the White House during the wedding reception. Hmm. That story blows away. But here's something even more. Burgess just said, forget the idea that there was even an ethics idea. They never talked to me about an ethics agreement. There was no blinding agreement. Hunter Biden insisted in the first contract he drew up that he be told of every buyer's identity. They changed that later on. But by that time that had happened, 70% of the buyers who bought about a million dollars of Hunter Biden's art, they already, Hunter Biden was told of their identity. Not only was the agreement not in place, the ethics agreement we were told was in place. Hunter Biden was demanding to know the buyers of his art. And Burgess said that was very rare. He was asked, is this normal for a artist to want to know the buyers of his art? And George Burgess said back to Congress in this deposition that was given to the House Judiciary and Oversight Committees, that part was different. Normally, the gallerist does not let the artist know who the collectors are. Hmm. That's what Burgess said. Well, another White House story goes down the drain. This is very important. It puts Joe Biden in the middle of something involving Hunter Biden's businesses while he's been president, not just during the vice presidential years. We've caught the White House in another apparent lie or a certainly apparent contradiction or conflict. And Hunter Biden had seemed to want to know who was buying his art. Hmm. All of that you can see in a story this morning that's a headline. Art dealer told Congress that Joe Biden called and met him while he sold Hunter Biden's paintings. How about that? Hmm. All right, check that out. That's a really good one. It's going to add to the body of evidence that is building towards impeachment. Uh, impeachment of the 46th president of the United States, Joe Biden. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, our good friend Scott Rasmussen, one of the great pollsters in American history, will join us to referee what just happened in Iowa last night and what's about to happen in New Hampshire. We'll have that right after these messages. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. The smoke is clearing. We kind of have a good sense of where this election, I think, is headed. Iowa, a good indicator, Donald Trump, with sort of a historic size victory, certainly on the Republican side. And I think the sentiments around the country are, I think there's a pathway to the nomination for him that you can't see, at least not yet, for Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley, and, of course, Vivek Ramaswamy. He's out. So I thought to make sense of all this, I'd turn to one of the brightest political minds I know. I've been covering and watching him for decades. He is truly one of the smartest political thinkers in this country. Also, one of its greatest pollsters. Joining me right now, my good friend, Scott Rasmussen. Scott, welcome to the show. Good to have you back. Great
1: to be back, Sean, and happy new year. Happy day after.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. It was cold. It was certainly cold for Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis falling 30, 31, 32 points behind Trump. Do you see any pathway for them to secure the nomination, or is this really steaming towards a trump Trump?
1: Yeah, the, the race is over, you know, barring something cataclysmic health-wise or something that we can't imagine. The, the results last night, um, not only was it that uh, the former president topped 50 percent, there was no clear second place. You know, if it had been uh, Trump 40, DeSantis 30, Haley 20, well, then I could say maybe something's going on here. But there was... There's no clear second choice, and a majority for the former president is huge. Uh, Looking back, you know, I'm a question of what might those campaigns have been thinking. Um, The reality is Trump was perceived as an incumbent. Um, You know, this this wasn't an open race, and and that just enabled him to, to steamroll over everybody.
0: There's some fascinating data in those who showed up and then the uh, polling of those who showed up. The number one issue for them was the border. A lot of people always think in the economy is the big issue. But why would Iowa have such a concern about the border? I guess it really is a sign of how, how people feel insecure with the way the border is right now.
1: Oh, it's um, border security is a huge issue among voters everywhere. It's not always number one. In fact, the economy is most always on top of the list, but for Republicans um, nationwide, it's a big issue, and it's tied in people's minds to a couple of other things. Uh, Obviously, the drug crisis, the the fentanyl crisis that we have, but also perceptions of national security. Uh, You know, we, we think of national security as what happens Uh, overseas and foreign policy matters. But truthfully, it's right here at home. And uh, so that's where it was with these voters. And I think there's also a frustration that the elite politicians uh, just aren't treating this seriously. You know, John, I've done some research um, on a group that we're calling the Elite 1%. This is an academic elite, people who are Uh, influential in guiding the political narrative. And we surveyed 1,000 of uh, members of that elite, and we asked them an open end, what's the most important question, or the most important issue in America? Not a single one of them mentioned immigration or border security. So voter frustration on this is not just the issue, it's that they're being stonewalled. Yeah.
0: No, that's a great, the the inaction feels really frustrating to them because they know the danger Another one, a lot of people who voted last night, in fact, a majority of them believe that Joe Biden didn't win the 2020 election fairly. I think that was an eye-opener. Certainly a lot of people on networks talking about it last night. What does that say about voter sentiments going into fall 2024? Do they not trust the results? Do they think 2020 is an aberration? But that's a large number in a state that's pretty
1: common-sense state, right? Iowa is middle America. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, I, I think that's one of the silliest things to obsess about. Um, I'll start by saying in our national polling, two-thirds of Republican voters uh, think that Trump was the legitimate winner in 2020. What is often left out of the political discussion on this is 60% of Democrats believe that Hillary Clinton was the legitimate winner in 2016. So, yeah, what we're seeing is we have very close elections divided, you know, decided ultimately by tens of thousands of voters in a few states. Um, There is massive distrust. And it's something that has been building. But, you know, even back in the 90s, um, when we asked a question about, um, you know, are elections fair to voters? And about 50 percent said yes. And with Bill Clinton in the White House, it was almost all Democrats and hardly any Republicans. When George W. Bush moved into the White House, the numbers flipped. It was still 50% saying they were fair, but now it's Republicans. And and I think we've just been – what we need in America to get beyond this are two things. First, we need a landslide election. We haven't had a true landslide since 1984. Uh, nobody said Walter Mondale could have won by going to Wisconsin or anything like that. <laughs> right. He lost 49 states. Uh, and then the other thing we need is a – government that is responsive to the concerns on things like immigration if you look at the last 50 years of polling by uh, pew and others uh, you see that it's been 50 years since a majority of americans trusted the government to do the right thing uh most of the time the two times that that number improved the trust in government improved were during the reagan years when the guy in charge said the most dangerous words in the English language are I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Um, and the other time was in the Clinton era when he declared the era of big government is over. People were seeing the guy in charge was listening. And I think, you know, we need a landslide and then we need somebody to act as if they heard the message of the landslide. Otherwise we're going to have these same questions about who the winner is for a long time.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. That's a very uh, great insights. And I think you're right. Uh, Do you think 2024 could be a landslide election when you look at it? Do you see a a sentiment boiling where people are just fed up with what they've experienced the last three, four years? I think there was a poll last week. Only 13% of Americans think they're better off than they were four years ago. That's that is
1: stunning. Yeah, you know, I maybe this is a backhanded way of answering the question. But if um, if Donald Trump after the 2020 election had said, you know, there were a lot of irregularities, but we're going to solve this by coming back four years from now and in winning big. I think he'd be up 10, 12 points over Joe Biden in the polls right now. Um, I think a lot of things that have happened make it hard for some people to uh to acknowledge they would support the former president. So I, it's hard for me to envision a, a real landslide right now, but it is possible to see, depending on how the economy goes, uh, maybe something not quite as close as the last couple. Interesting.
0: All right. Now let's look inside the data on Iowa, because it also is a sign of the work that President Trump still has to do if he's going to win the nomination. And Compete effectively. There are some soft spots: college education. Although he won a pretty strong plurality, but college-educated women, suburban voters, still the hardest close for him. You know, working class, high school educated, really strongly in his camp. What does he need to do to reach that segment that used to be a pretty solid Republican segment but has peeled away from him?
1: Well, on the on the education side, it's important to note that there's a difference between. People with a postgraduate degree and a bachelor's degree. And on many issues, the people with a bachelor's degree have attitudes that are closer to those without a degree than they do to the postgrads. Uh, Trump has no chance of of winning over those with a postgraduate degree, um, not in the general election. Uh, As far as those with a a college degree, well, part of that will be uh, on a contrast with Joe Biden. Um, Again, these people are a lot of these folks are just not going to be comfortable with President Trump, with his rhetoric, with his, um, uh, you know, off the cuff responses, with his New York real estate style. Uh, But if it's a choice, especially in economic matters between he and Joe Biden, uh, he can win back some of them. Big caveat. I think the Democrats have are going to play big on two issues this year. One of them is Donald Trump the other is abortion. And if Republicans don't learn how to talk about abortion, uh, that issue will drive a lot of those suburban women away one more time.
0: The Virginia 2023 election proves it. I mean, you just look at the the only Republican that survived it was someone that actually addressed it. All the others tried to dance around it and and didn't get there. You you gave us some great wisdom uh, a few months ago on how to deal with this. It doesn't seem like Republicans have picked up the clue yet. Uh, what is it going to take? What sort of uh, shock paddles does it need to get Republicans to realize they got to get the message right?
1: I, I don't know. You know, I've talked to some of the pro-life groups that are out there, and they recognize at some level the uh, the need to change the message. Uh, but what I've heard from them is that there are two types of candidates, uh, some candidates who just don't want to talk about the issue. They want to bury their head in the sand and hope it will go away. Um, and those that do want to talk about it, think they already know how to talk about it because it's either a, you know, a key issue for them or they talk about it with their friends and they try to find the right, you know, is 15 weeks, the magic number, and they're just missing the point. Um, And I think it's going to take another election or two where this issue continues to be effective for the Democrats um, before there's a real reckoning.
0: You did such a good job putting together research on this last year. I've shared it with everyone I know because I think it's some of the smartest polling I've ever seen done and focus groups uh, testing. The Democrats are going to have Republicans are extreme again. That's the whole purpose of Joe Biden's speech last week. And it's the message of the, but the flipping this around, that Democrats are the extreme one, that allowing Bershon up to the end of uh, term, keeping the border open, putting biological men in women's lockers. Is there a opportunity at this very moment for, Donald Trump said this in my last interview with him over Christmas, I want to have the fight on extremism. The Democrats are the extremists. Is that a possibility to flip all this around? Not just abortion, but some of
1: the other things that people find extreme? It is not possible on abortion. Um, And the reason is we've done some research. And when you say that most Democrats uh, have supported uh, abortion up to the moment of birth, hardly anybody believes you uh it's just it, it, it on that issue republicans are seen as extreme uh in fact large segments of the population not only believe that republicans and people who identify as pro-life uh, want to ban all abortions they think uh, a plurality actually says they want to ban it when the life of a woman is at stake so on the abortion issue that's not going to happen until republicans change their messaging on the transgender issues it is absolutely possible to highlight the Democrats as extreme. Um, we don't know what's gonna be happening in the Middle East, but support for Hamas is a, a big weakness for the Democrats right now. Um, and it puts President Biden in a very difficult uh, position politically. Uh, I would say, you know, Michigan is much more at risk for Democrats because of what happened in the Middle East um and because of the muslim population there and so we're we're in a different world um on the questions about the border um you know i think that's a fairly easy it's not so much that democrats are seen as extreme but the president isn't doing anything um you know he's got the mayor of new york city asking for help he's got People all over the country saying you got to do something about this and nothing's happening. So so on extremism, I think it's the trans issue on the borders. I think it's going to be just the inaction um, of the Biden administration.
0: Absolutely fascinating. It's going to be interesting to watch. All right, let's jump ahead and let's assume we have a Trump Biden rematch because it certainly feels that way right now. It feels like the blue side of the ballot might be a little more crowded than the red side. It certainly looks like Robert F. Kennedy will be on some states already on Utah. Um, Joe Stein is making a lot of the key battleground states, at least as, as a Green Party candidate. You've got two or three others, all who are more liberal. And of course, Joe Manchin continuing even as recently as last night to tease that he might get on the ballot. We haven't had that sort of look since maybe the Ross Perot elections of 92, 96 does the Democrat vote get bifurcated, or is there a danger Donald Trump loses a lot of his votes with
1: all of these additional entrants as independents? Well, you know that's uh, that is a long way down the road. Uh, I think the good example might be uh, the 1980 election with Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan, and John Anderson was a third party support who they thought was going to hurt Ronald Reagan. Uh, but really, what happened is when people decided they couldn't vote for Jimmy Carter for re-election and they couldn't quite bring themselves to, uh, to vote for that actor. Um, you know, uh, Anderson became a place to uh, park their vote. I think if, if the election appears to be very, very close, um, some of these other uh, candidates won't be much of a factor. Um, I, I mean, obviously, if a state is decided by 10,000 votes, anything can have an impact. Uh, but if it begins to look like um, Biden is going to lose in that rematch, uh, I could easily see a lot of people saying I can't vote for Donald Trump. Um, I can't vote for Joe Biden. So I'm going to you know, put my vote over on the, one of these guys. They would come primarily out of Democratic constituencies, probably more progressive constituencies. And what that would do is it would make the Trump victory look bigger.
0: Yeah, that's right. It'll bifurcate that, that Democrat block. Is it possible to see a winner of the presidential election sub 45% this time?
1: Anything is possible. That's <laughs> happened before. It has? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's happened with uh, William Clinton first time around. That uh, happened with um, uh, will, uh, Woodrow Wilson in 1916. I remember that election well. I was but a young pollster. No, I, I mean this. It takes really strange circumstances for that to happen. Uh, but it. But anything. I. It doesn't feel that way right now to me. But but you know, you and I have talked many times. It's easy to sit here in January and talk about what the world will be like uh, in November. We don't know four years ago at this time. Um, I don't know if we talked at that time, but probably did about something. I my line was very consistent. Donald Trump is up five or six points in the polls consistently. And as long as the economy holds up, he's going to be reelected. Um, I didn't anticipate that there would be a pandemic and 40 million people being thrown out of work. Uh, so, there's still a long way to go, and events will play a big fact, uh, play a big role in determining what happens.
0: Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about it. And the pandemic really was the salt shaker in uh, in 2020. The last piece I want to look at: if you're Joe Biden, do you have any chance of rebooting? I mean, so many people, uh, Simone Sanders last night, dumping on Bidenomics. It, 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 there are so many. He's taking more fire from behind as he or almost as much fire from behind his lines as he is in front of it. How do you reboot a Joe Biden uh, uh, presidency at this point? Or is it rebootable? You know, I don't
1: I, I guess I would say it's not rebootable. Um, you know, he is not a Bill Clinton-esque or a Barack Obama-esque type of campaigner. Uh, people are seeing him uh, and watching him and they're not getting that kind of a vibe. What could make it possible for him to sneak by in the election uh Would be a significantly improved economy. Uh, the you know the the measure that I follow the most in terms of the political impact is how people feel about their personal finances. And if people are feeling better about their finances in November than they are today, well then Biden has a real shot of being reelected. But he still won't be rebooted. He would still be um, you know a weak president. Uh, and let's remember, there's. The House, control of the House and the Senate is at risk. The Republicans likely to get the Senate. Uh, The House very much in play. Uh, If President Biden were to get reelected, but have a Republican House and Senate, uh, you know, that just means four years of figuring out what's going to happen next. Yeah,
0: exactly. Everything gets kicked down in the can again. Again. Yeah, we've seen that. Scott, we love all the work you do. Uh, I thought your analysis last night I was watching uh, on some on Twitter and others, you You've had this race, I think, really well uh, focused for quite some time. Um, when do you think the Republicans drop out? Can you see that happening in the next couple of weeks? Uh, if if they if Nikki doesn't win New Hampshire and she's in danger of losing South Carolina, and and I think it seems as though DeSantis has a twenty point ceiling. Do they drop out soon?
1: Yes, I think so. I think the the only way this gets prolonged is if Nikki Haley. Uh, does very well in New Hampshire. Now, that's quite possible because more than 40% of the electorate there is independent. They can vote in either party. There's not really a Democratic primary. So a lot of Democrats who don't like Trump might come out and vote for Nikki Haley.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. That's the dynamic to watch. I think that's the dynamic that the Trump campaign is most uh, worried about when you talk to them. Scott, always great to have you on. You always feel smarter when uh, we're done talking. With you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Talk to you again soon, John. Thanks, Scott. Good to be with you. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, one of my favorite guests of the year, because he stepped into the void of the medical supply chain crisis and he created a solution. Who is he? Well, it's very simple. His name is Dr. Sean Rowland. He's the founder of Jace Medical. You're going to find out. A really innovative telemedicine solution he 's created to the drug shortages we 're all experiencing in this country right after these messages folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike. and protect your most important asset, the equity, in your home. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. You know, not too long ago, I was doing some research and found on the DHHS website, so the Health and Human Services Federal Agency that oversees our health policy, an extraordinary slide deck. It was actually looking back at the pandemic, and it found something really profound. I think we all felt it at the time, but this this was documented in a very careful way, and that is that during the pandemic, our government our local governments, regular medical suppliers, pharma companies, were completely caught flat footed by the pandemic and the inability to move medicines through the supply chain. Clearly when a pandemic occurs, there's a temptation for hoarding, there is a slowing down of the commercial movement of supplies that lead to drugs or the drugs themselves. And we ended up in this terrible circumstance where people couldn't get their normal essential life-saving medicines, insulin, antibiotics. It was very scary that we had to put it back out of our memory. Now we don't want to remember it, but this slide deck did a really good job. And it, it's like lessons learned were very clear. It said that protecting public health after disaster requires continued access to essential medicines. That's obvious, but there needed to be much better coordination and communication between sectors, and there needed to be a forum to resolve issues in real time that might be holding up critical medicines from getting to the patients who needed it. Three common sense things, but I guarantee you this was done in 2021. All my reporting suggests there is, hasn't been a whole lot of progress since. Why do I say all this? Well, our next guest, who's also our sponsor. For the segment, has created a perfect solution. Rather than rely on the government, rather rely on bureaucracies and corporate supply chains, you can take medical emergency preparedness and put it into your own hands. That's what Jace Medical does. They have created this incredible emergency preparedness antibiotic kit. You have it on hand. You're not going to be caught flat-footed if there's a hurricane, a tornado, God forbid, another pandemic. You are your own best advocate for making sure that you're prepared. Joining us right now to not only reemphasize that message, but also to describe how his incredible company works is Dr. Sean Rowland, the founder of Jace Medical. Doctor, great to have you on today.
2: Hey, I'm so happy to be here. This is great.
0: It is. You know, so many people try to put the pandemic out of mind. they like, oh, that was such a bad experience. I don't want to even think about it. But a lot of the lessons learned have not been fixed. They've been learned, maybe, but they haven't been fixed. Access to critical medical supplies and medical medications really still an area that we have an Achilles heel on, right?
2: Yeah, 100%. I mean, your that intro was was so spot on. I mean, it's focusing on on the supply chain. And and there's so much that goes into that that we could talk about. But um, and then there's things that even go outside of the supply chain that are also very important to to acknowledge and, and be prepared for.
0: Yeah. What your company's done, I think is so uh, brilliant. I, I was, some of it's just old fashioned sales work, right? You get a product and be able to do it, but you've taken advantage of the telemedicine world that we're all moving into. And certainly the pandemic has sped that up a little bit to make it easier. Tell us a little bit about the inspiration for your company and what it does. If I'm sitting at my home thinking, God, I may not be ready for the next disaster that hits. How can Jace Medical step in and make me a better prepared American?
2: Yeah, happy to. The so really, you know, we, we say it, it's cliche, I guess, but uh we firmly believe in in the saying of uh it's not if but when. Uh and, and I, I can point to so many actual whens um for people across the board that that none of us is is immune from. Uh as far as as far as Jace's kind of uh, origins um, it did. It did. This was a uh, let's say a, a pre pandemic is is initially when kind of the, the idea started. And it was ultimately, though, uh, the pandemic that brought it all to fruition, um, where basically I was dealing with um, supply chain issues. We were dealing with shortages at a hospital um, when shortages weren't a thing, when we we had everything we needed when we needed it. Uh, and, and I was shocked being in this hospital and not having access to some pretty important medications. Um, and that caused me to, to start to dig into, uh, where do our medications come from? Why is this happening? Uh, fast forward to the pandemic and everything just blew up and was, you know, it was, was made exp- just instantly worse. But, but what I came to find out was that, uh, we have basically, uh, over the last nearly two decades, Um, completely transitioned our pharmaceutical manufacturing out of the United States. And for all intents and purposes, China has taken over, uh, not just for us, but for the entire world. When you talk about, uh, at some form or another in the manufacturing process, uh, virtually every medication that, that comes to the United States, especially when we're talking about generic medications, which account for 95 plus percent of what we consume on a daily basis. In one form or another, China's got their fingerprints on it, whether that's the active pharmaceutical ingredient or some other aspect of the, of the manufacturing process. And so just from that one little piece, that was enough to catch my attention. You know, some flags went up, uh, red flags went up in my, in my head. And, and that was the beginnings of how do I what, what can I, what can I do about this? I'm a family medicine physician. You know, I've got uh, I have a private practice. I have my family I want to protect. I have my patients I, that I felt like I owed, you know, I, uh, I owed them um, the same kind of protections I would offer my own family. And so how can we do this? And you mentioned telemedicine being uh, kind of put fast, was thrust into the spotlight with, with COVID and people were used to now getting used to to using it and not just, not just from a public perspective, but also from a regulatory perspective. Um, and so that also kind of these things aligned um, through COVID and and ultimately Jace was born.
0: That is an amazing story. It's a quintessential American, not only entrepreneurial story, but we step into the void when we see a problem. We want to step in and solve it. And that's what you did. I did some more research. It's really kind of interesting because 2021, they did this after action report and it said, hey, we got to be better prepared. And then your the answer is, well, two years later, how are things going? How did, what, what was 2023 like? The New York Times reported, I think at the end of December, drug shortages last year actually increased by nearly 30%. In other words, the situation has been getting worse despite the warnings. You could be on a one day you might not be able to get your medicine. You could have, you know, a snowstorm. You might have difficult getting the medicine. You take that risk out of here. Describe what happens when someone reaches out for the first time and, and goes to jacemedical.com dot com and says, "Hey, I want to be my own best advocate. I want to be prepared. I don't want to be surprised one day." What happens when they first contact you?
2: So our our mission, simply stated, is to empower everyone to be better prepared medically, and being you know, medical preparedness, that's a huge, that's a, that's a huge part of, of, of being prepared. And it's also very individual um, in a lot of regards, you know, your health is, 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 individualistic. You've got, some people have high blood pressure, some people don't, you know, so how do we, how do we help this? And we started with offering something that everybody needs, whether you're healthy, not healthy, whether you've never been to a hospital or everybody needs access to, to antibiotics Um, particularly speaking, antibiotics, where if you get a bacterial infection, uh, there's not a lot of time that can be wasted trying to get a hold of, you know, get into your doctor or get it to a hospital, get to a pharmacy, especially in a situation where access to those services might be difficult, whether that's traveling, as you mentioned, whether it's uh, natural disasters, whether it's a pandemic that just shuts things down or overwhelms the health system. There's any number of reasons, or whether it's one of these shortages you mentioned um, over 300 on at least that the FDA accounts. And I don't want to go too far into the weeds, but um, the list is bigger than that. Uh, Whether it's, whether it's one of those medications. So then there's just a supply chain shortage. So, so you come to the website and what we're after is, is, enough information that the physicians can make uh, a safe determination as to, are you an appropriate person for these medications? And it turns out that that's not a ton of information. I don't need to know like a whole health history. I don't need to know about all of your surgeries and your, whether your grandma had cancer. And uh, what I need to know as a physician is, okay, number one, do you have a physician? Have you, have you been seen recently? Number two, what medications are you taking? And number three, are you allergic to anything that I'm considering prescribing for you? So when you come to the website, uh, you can choose do I want to get an emergency pack of medications or am I one of the candidates uh, that, that I want uh, to get a year supply of my daily medications if I've got a, a, a chronic condition. So that's kind of the two branch points, uh, emergency, medication, emergency medications and then those daily medications. Uh, when you click on one or the other, it just takes you to a pretty quick uh, form where you give us your, your general information. We ask a couple of those health questions. That form gets transmitted to uh, a, a physician who will review it and send the prescription into a, a pharmacy, uh, one of the pharmacies in our network, who will then package everything up, ship it to your door. The process from beginning to end, um, if you're doing it for the emergency kit, um, five minutes, uh, maybe ten if you if you struggle a little bit with, with technology, and and similarly uh, for the the daily medication. So it's a we tried to make it as convenient as possible as accessible as possible uh, and, and as affordable as possible, understanding that this is something that insurance doesn't, uh, does not cover. Um, you can use an, an HSA or an FSA, but, uh, but basically this is a, a cash service. And so we, we're, we're out there trying to just get everyone, to help everyone be prepared and so that that's that's it, you know in a nutshell how the how the service is bundled uh,
0: it's such a brilliant idea I, you know the other thing is that as more and more doctors uh, move into these corporate practices it's sometimes harder and harder to get in. some i got sick a couple of weeks ago everyone's got this sinus thing going around and I was sick on Thursday. I was really sick. And I called my doctor. said, well, my earliest appointment's next Tuesday. I'm like, what? I could I, you know, that could be a lot worse. This is another thing. If you have the Jace case, and I love this thing. I get that in a second. You know, if you're in a pick one, you can't see a doctor and you know what you got, it gives you another opportunity to start getting better before the doctor can see you. You have this Jace case, and this is like the core product. I love this. I love alliteration, by the way, too. I'm a sucker for alliteration. Jace case, sounds great. But tell us a little bit about what's in the Jace case and how it can be useful in so many different 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 scenarios
2: yeah so the Jay's case i mentioned the antibiotics it's it's at its base at its foundation uh it is five antibiotics um you've got uh, the, the types of antibiotics the way we the way we came up with this is we wanted to cover the widest range of the typical things you might see just on any given day, things you might see when the in like a grid down scenario, and then also we wanted to cover for some of the most deadly things that uh, that we might be threatened with, and I'm specifically talking about bioterror. So what you get in those five antibiotics is is enough but different antibiotic coverage to to cover all of those types of things, whether that's urinary tract infections, pneumonia, sinusitis, traveler's diarrhea skin infections, bite wounds, um, but then also the bioterror. So anthrax, tularemia, and plague, those are the three that have been identified as, as most likely to be used in a bioterror event. And so we have coverage uh, for those as well. So you get those five antibiotics um, and then you have the option to add on to your Jays case. You can add on any number up there. I think we've got, we're up to something like 33 or 30, 34 add on medications, things like uh, uh, ear drops, eye drops, um, steroid creams, epipens uh, albuterol inhalers that's a big one yeah
0: yeah epipens i remember the shortage and the price uh, gouging that went on a few years ago those are so important you get by a b and you don't have your epipen you're in trouble
2: yeah and you need exactly um and so so you've got a lot of options there to build that kit out if you so choose um and so that that's the that's the jace case I, again it's the five antibiotics you add on to that um gosh, things like uh, Zofran is something that everyone's familiar with. So you, you're, you're vomiting a lot. You've got uh, vomiting, diarrhea. You're getting dehydrated. Uh, so, we've got coverage in there. You get your Zofran. You get your uh, anti-diarrheals and, and your um, antibiotics if you've got traveler's diarrhea. And, and hopefully, you can save your vacation or, or not end up in a hospital while you're uh, overseas somewhere. But, but really what we've come to see is that everybody, as soon as they take just a moment to think like where, how would this be applicable to me? It, it takes them just a second to to realize it might even be, uh, you know, a weekend it's it's two in the morning uh, and you've, you or, or someone in your household is really sick and, and you can tell what it is, but there's no pharmacies in your area open at that time or whatever, you know? And, and so you're, you're in the middle of, of, of society, of a functioning society, but yet in that moment of need, um, that, and so this really is built for every every kind of scenario that that you could imagine.
0: Yeah, it's it really is, and you also have quality there, right? We're not this isn't some under the radar thing. You've got a licensed, board certified physician that's going to do the evaluation and determine whether you're entitled to get the medicine, and then it's going to be dispensed by a licensed pharmacist, right? So you're getting the same exact quality if you were going to your doctor. You're just getting it over the phone. That's pretty important for giving people confidence, right?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's something that I, you know, I take a lot of, of pride in. I mean, getting starting a business in the anything in the healthcare industry is a, it can be a pretty daunting task when you look at the regulatory uh, obstacle course that, that, that you have to consider where, where every state has its own rules. And, um, and we're we're very proud and uh, in the way that we that we deliver this service. Uh, we're in every state. We are uh, in every province in Canada. Um, we're working on, on some other places around the world. But what you do get is, as you mentioned, the support of a board-certified physician. We've got an amazing team behind the scenes uh, when it comes to our customer service, um, in-house physicians, in-house PAs, nurses, um, and, and just our, you know, our frontline, um, our frontline personnel who are fielding these questions and making sure that uh, because we've got a lot of pieces in this, you know, there's a physician involved, there's the the pharmacy, there's the actual platform. And so if anything were to ever fall between the cracks, you've got all kinds of coverage. And not only do we offer um, that support, but it's ongoing. So should you have a question about a medication you were prescribed, you can reach out and either one of our in-house physicians or the prescribing physician themselves will will answer that question. Um, and then we also ship everything. Every order comes with a, a guidebook that is written in, in layman's terms to Give you some level of instruction and guidance when you're considering um, what might I have and how how might I use these these powerful medications. Antibiotics are are as rightfully so they're they're powerful medications. Um, they're not without you know potential side effects if they're used inappropriately. And so we also pride ourselves in that education component where uh, where you so that you do feel empowered to to use these things appropriately and safely. Um, and so that guidebook is is a big part of that. Um, and then, of course, the network that that is built around this whole thing, with as I mentioned, with the physicians and, and uh, the, that professional support that's there.
0: It's very, very impressive and very much needed. I mean, I just think about how little has changed, despite all the warnings, despite all the difficulty we encountered with the pandemic. And since then, the solutions, at least the big solutions, aren't in place in our government or even in the larger medical community. So what you've done at Jace Medical has really stepped into a void and created something that's not only high quality, but I think so timely. I think so many people are realizing this is going to be a reality we're going to be dealing with for for quite some time. And I really applaud you for doing it. It's really great idea at a a really important moment in our country's history. All right, folks. So this is really great. Dr. Roland has set up a very special opportunity. All you got to do is go to Jace Medical, J-A-S-E medical.com and enter the promo code JustNews at checkout. You're going to get a discount on the Jace case or any of the other snap-ins that you and the doctors decide is good. What a great opportunity to get started. It's actually rather inexpensive to get that Jace case. What a great opportunity to have that available for you and your family. You're not going to be caught unprepared, whether on a trip or in a tragedy or just on a snowy weekend when your doctor is not around. This is a great product backed by really great medical experts. And like I said, at this moment in history, a great solution to a problem we're all running into. Dr. Roland, it's a great honor to have you on. I really appreciate the partnership we have. I hope to do a lot more of this over the next few months, get people educated, but thank you for stepping into the void and creating such a high quality and convenient product for all of us.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity and for the partnership. Uh, We look forward to it as well. And, And thank you for Helping get the word out. Uh, It it is. It's something that everyone needs to be aware of, and and the more. Folks, we have uh, such as yourself. I think this is—it's just—it's going to help
0: a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. We're getting wiser, and like I said, this is such a great era we live in with telemedicine. This is, I think, one of the great manifestations of what telemedicine is creating for all of us in the country. So, great work. Great to be with you, sir. We'll get you back on real soon, folks. One more time, Medical.com, J a s e medical.com. Enter the code just news. You're going to get a discount. What a great product. I'm so excited that we met Dr. Roland and got started on this journey, Doctor. Have a great day. We'll talk to you real soon.
2: Thanks so much. Talk soon.
0: Thank you, sir. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back to wrap things up in just a few seconds. Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donor's Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to donorstrust.org/justnews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor wise fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's DonorsTrust.org slash Just News. Hey, folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Justin News. A big thank you to Scott. Rasmussen and Dr. Sean Rowland, two great guests, two great solutions, two big picture interviews. I'm very grateful for that. Also, be sure to check out that Hunter Biden art dealer story. I'll be on Hannity tonight talking about it. I think you'll enjoy that on Fox News. Also be talking about it on my own TV show, Just the News, No Noise on Real America's Voice, six o'clock. Be sure to tune in for that. And of course, if you want to take advantage of what Dr. Rowland just told you about, if you want to get the Jace case the emergency medicine pack so that you have it you're not caught shot in a tragedy you're not caught unprepared go to jace medical j-a-s-e medical.com and enter the code just news that's all you got to do all right folks that wraps it up we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of john zellerman reports the podcast from just the news until then god bless you god bless this extraordinary country of the united states as he always has have a great night Thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount, plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say.